Hi, I'm Ella, and welcome to the Budget Babe podcast, where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. Hello, hello, and thank you once again for tuning in to the Budget Babe podcast. With this episode being recorded around Halloween of 2020, I thought I could talk about something that is rather frightening. It's frightening to me, and it's probably going to frighten you. Today's episode is the eight scary money mistakes that can haunt you indefinitely. By indefinitely, that means those mistakes can set you back for years when it comes to your bank account. These mistakes are based on the most common listed mistakes when it comes to money made by Gen Z and millennials. Now, y'all take up a huge majority of my podcast, but I am also sure that many people of other generations can echo this as well. So without further ado, let's dive into mistake number one, scary money mistake number one. That is not having an emergency savings account. I'm not just talking about any savings account. I'm talking about savings accounts just for emergencies. That should be your first priority for a few reasons. We've learned that in 2020, that a barrier to your budget is likely to occur. We've also learned that mistakes happen. Things happen in car accidents, something go wrong in your house. There's always going to be an expensive situation that can occur for you. So having a savings account is going to be, just for those emergencies, is going to keep you from either depleting your bank account or going into any kind of debt, accumulating any kind of debt. So for many people, an emergency savings account can be around $1,000. That's suggested by a lot of financial experts. I actually made this work for me when I was in my 20s. I did $500. It Not only did I have $500 in case I needed it, but I was able to continue to replenish that and keep my bank account to at least having $500. Another way that you got to make sure you don't touch your emergency savings account, whether it be 500, 1,000, or even more than that, put it in a separate account. Open a savings account just for emergencies, but make sure you always have anywhere from $500 or over that always available to you in case a scary money situation were to occur. Mistake number two, that is actually not having health insurance. When I saw this come up a lot on my research, I was a little bit surprised because health insurance currently is mandated in this country, but it's also surprising to me that people don't see the importance of this. Medical bills that occur without health insurance can take years and years and years to pay off. They can be tens of thousands of dollars. Yes, I get it. Health insurance has, the cost of health insurance has risen exponentially in the past few years. It can be a tremendous expense, but you really don't want to go without it. You can use it for your annual doctor appointments. You can use it towards, you know, I have eye insurance, dental insurance. Things happen. Emergencies happen. It's just better to be safe than sorry. And you're going to spend less money on health insurance than you can a potential medical emergency overall. If you don't have health insurance through your company, you might want to go to healthcare.gov and get started from there. They can kind of walk you through and set up a health insurance plan that is suitable for you. So scary money mistake number three, 
That is allowing debt to remain and or accumulate. Debt can accumulate if you don't have a savings account or health insurance. Now, as far as credit cards go, you may already use credit cards as a tool to build your credit. Now, that should be the limit of what you use a credit card for. Don't use credit cards for impulse buying. Don't use credit cards for everyday spending. It should not be your first and common priority to spend. Spending on a credit card should not be an everyday decision. I'm also going to talk about, you know, lines of credit that could be loans, student loans. If you're, you know, looking to go back to college, consider possibly a public university, a state university that's going to be a lot less expensive. And honestly, you're going to get just as quality of an education at a state university as you will, you know, extremely expensive private school. When it comes to loans on your car, negotiate, negotiate, get the lowest interest rate possible. You want to pay it off as soon as possible. You don't want to go, you know, five or six years to be paying for a car. You want to pay it off as soon as possible. Make sure the payments are affordable. And if you can, buy a car in cash. Save up cash and buy a car that way. It's understandable if you don't want to buy a feeder and get yourself in a situation where you're going to have to buy a new car again next year. But things do happen. And just when it comes to any kind of debt, credit cards, loans, that should not ever, ever, ever be your first resort when it comes to spending, or when it comes to getting something that you need. That should be a last resort. It's also good to use a credit card just to build credit, have a small limit on a small limit credit card. So that's going to lead into step number four. And I'm going to go ahead and add this to the list. A lot of people may disagree with me, but I think a scary money mistake is also not having a credit score whatsoever. The reason this is scary because you may find yourself in a situation where you're buying a car or later on, if you plan to buy a house, you may find yourself in a situation where you have to borrow money and to be able to borrow money, you have to have credit. One way to do that, to build credit, and this is how I started out, is I went to my bank and I got a small limit credit card. I got a $500 credit card. It did have high interest rate, but I always paid it off almost immediately. So get a small credit card and build from there. Eventually, it's going to work out. I've been able to borrow money to buy a car. I've been able to borrow money to buy furniture. But start small. Start with a $500 credit limit. Show the bank that you can pay it off often, that you can borrow, pay it off often, and that you can keep up with the bills. Also, never go, when it comes to credit cards, never go over 20% of utilization. So you might run into a situation of emergencies where you do that. If you do, just tackle that, pay that down as soon as possible, but you don't want to use any more than 20% of your credit approval. 20% is key for a high FICO score. That's what they're going to look at when you're trying to buy a house. Uh, That's when you look at when you're trying to buy a car. Having a high FICO score is only going to help you. You want to get over 700, 800. Now, this can take years to build, but it's definitely possible. So just start small and then never borrow more than what you can pay off. Never charge more than you can pay off. Now, if you are one of the lucky few and you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars saved, if you've got a paid off house, you can go ahead and ignore this step. You can ignore step number four, or not step, but you can ignore the scary mistake number four. And I'm just going to go ahead and congratulate you because you're one of the very few. But I'm just going to say it. I strongly recommend having a credit score and investing into your credit. Now, scary money mistake number five, that is not saving for retirement. Again, the statistics on this really surprised me. Many millennials and Gen Zs feel like they cannot afford to save for retirement. If you feel like you can't afford to 
save for your retirement, I'm going to go ahead and say, find a way to do so. You don't want to work for the rest of your life. I'm pretty sure you don't want to work for the rest of your life. You want to be in your 60s or 70s working full time. My guess is no on that. So you can even put little into your IRA or 401k. It's eventually going to add up. You want to have total control over this. So if your company offers a 401k and offers to match it, fully take advantage of that. Match as or invest as much as you can to where the company can match it. If your company matches 3%, invest 3%. If your company matches 5%, invest 5%. Your 401k is essentially free money. It's an easy way to save for retirement. And not taking advantage of that, I feel like you're just throwing money away. If your company, however, does not offer a 401k, you can go to your bank and offer a personal individual retirement account, an IRA. Again, if you don't know where to begin, your bank is there for you. They have people on staff that are there to walk you through these things. So go to your bank, set an appointment, set a virtual appointment, or if you feel comfortable, go in to your bank itself, set up an appointment online, make sure they're open, make sure they can take you in and talk to them about an individual retirement account. Do that as soon as possible. If you're not saving up for retirement, again, change that immediately. Even if you're just putting in as little as $24, $25 a month, it's you're going to get some results. Anything is better than nothing. Also, if you're counting on Social Security, if you think Social Security is going to save you, and if you're relying on Social Security, don't. A lot of people don't know this, but Social Security was originally set up to be a temporary solution. Franklin Roosevelt set this up right after the Great Depression for people that weren't going to have access to retirement. It was meant to be, again, a temporary option. And here we are in 2020. As we continue to put tax dollars into Social Security, we think it's going to come back to us. But you have to remember, Social Security is being voted on. And it's also being managed by the same people, aka the government, the same people who allow this country to be in trillions, and that's with a T, trillions of dollars in debt. The only person that can be responsible for your retirement is you, possibly your spouse if you guys are doing this together, but the only person you need to rely on for retirement is you. If you depend on your money, if you depend on yourself and not the government, you're better off. Before I get on another soapbox about not depending on the government for Social Security, I'm going to go ahead and go to common money mistake number six. Number six, the most common scary money mistake is neglecting to invest. Now, this can go hand in hand with not saving for retirement. According to Yahoo Finance, 43% of millennials currently do not invest at all. Of those 45%, they stated that they couldn't afford to. They said they can't afford to invest. 16% stated that they just don't have any interest in that whatsoever. They experience fear and losing money in investing. Now, that's always a risk, but I can tell you with my experience that neglecting to invest is going to lose more money over time than taking the risk on investing. Now, investing can include a lot of things. It can include your stock market shares. That's an obvious one. It can include homeownership. You can eventually own a home, buy another home, and then use your other home as a rental property. You've got your personal IRA. You've got bonds. What not? If you don't know where to start, again, go to your bank, set up an appointment, and talk to somebody who knows about investing. You can even go to a financial advisor. If you don't think you can afford a financial advisor, if you're maybe not at that level yet, then start with your bank. 
your bank is going to be able to help you that. Also, buying stocks, um, investing into the stock market is new to you. There's an app I will suggest. It's called Robinhood. It's one word. There's another one called Acorn. And you can start playing small. And what I like about this app is, yeah, you're not going to be, you may not be making a lot of money at first, but you can play small, invest $50 or even $10. And that's going to get you into the habit of looking at portfolios, gauging the stock market and researching the businesses that you invest into. Just about every stock that I have on Robinhood, there's going to be a synopsis. There's going to be news articles that relate to that and tell me if it's worth investing into or not. They even have tips from the experts of whether it's worth investing into or not. So that's going to be able to walk you through the rest. Now, scary money mistake number seven. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. And that is trying to keep up or impress everyone else with your spending. As human beings, we all fall into this trap. We've all fallen into it at some point in time in our life. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. So it's very easy that we're going to spend money on nice clothes, cool car, or living in the headless neighborhood to impress others. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, if that's the investment you're going to make, that is the investment that's going to fail because spending money on material and possessions and trying to impress others, you're only going to have a superficial connection to those people. If you're impressing those people, they're not necessarily connecting to you. People actually connect to you when they feel like they can be themselves around you and that you can be yourself around them. Living your best life, as I always talk about on this podcast, that means finding authenticity. You're not going to find authenticity if you're focused on living in the hottest neighborhood, having the hottest handbag, or really just buying anything that you think is going to catch someone else's eye or impress them. If you haven't read the book or watched Confessions of a Shopaholic, it's a common movie. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It came out years ago, but it's such a good book and it's a good movie as well. I suggest watching this because you're going to see Rebecca Bloomwood. She's just on the hook with all these collectors and she's addicted to shopping. She's addicted to clothes. She likes things that sparkle and you see what she gets herself into and the ugly side of what she gets herself into. The only thing that's different from that in real life is in real life, if you're in that much debt, it's very unlikely that you're going to attract true friends and a life partner. A life partner, um, where she gets a boyfriend in the end, that's how they tie the movie together. But someone who wants to date you, they're probably not going to be attracted to the amount of debt that you have. So just remember, eliminate spending because you think it's going to impress others. Have the basic necessities and buy the things that, as Marie Kondo would put it, that would bring you joy. Say no to things, you know, events, invitations, or salespeople that are trying to sell you things that don't bring you joy, that don't have a return on investment. It can take practice. It can be tough to say no. It can feel gutsy. But just get into the habit because the one thing that you should be investing in with your money is you. Now, finally, we have scary common money mistake number eight. This one might surprise you. So it's a very common money mistake. It's a lot of people know this, and that is relying on one, just one stream of income. The average millionaire, on the other hand, has seven streams of income. Think about it. If something happens to your one stream of income, to the one job that you're relying on that pays all your bills, 
Could you possibly live off the unemployment? Could you possibly live off your spouse's income? Could you possibly live off your savings? If so, how long? If you find yourself only having one stream of income, you need to find another stream of income pronto. Streams of income can come from investing. Streams of income can come from renting out your room. It can come from putting your photography skills to work and taking photos for your friends. Help them write their resume if you're really good at resume writing babysitting for your friends, selling clutter on Facebook Marketplace. I even heard that Amazon is hiring hundreds of thousands of jobs or over a hundred thousand jobs just in Middle Tennessee for seasonal holiday help. Do DoorDash, uh, Tackle, which is a chore app. I think it's where you go to and you can do chores for other people. There's what else? Uber, Lyft. There's, I'm just going to tell you, there's always ways to make money. That's something I've learned. If you feel like you're on a tight budget or you feel like you need more money, you're, if you really want more money, you're going to find a way to make more money. So again, don't rely on just one stream of income, knowing that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Always have a backup plan. And make sure you also have that backup plan. It's something that you love doing. I meet Uber drivers that love driving for Uber. I have a lot of clients that have second streams of income just delivering food with Postmates and DoorDash. They love it. But just having that second stream of income is also going to help you with the aforementioned steps, including having money to invest, having money to save, and helping you pay off debt and stay out of debt is what a second income can help you do. So the other thing about having a second income is you can't worry about impressing others, you know, telling them that you have to work instead or that, you know, your Saturdays are dedicated to your second stream of income. You know, people are going to kind of give you flack about that. But if you love what you're doing, like my side hustle is teaching dance. I love doing that. I love doing that more than I love going out. And that is a way for me to invest into myself. And also remember your large goals around money are not going to be accepted by small minds. And we'll say that again, your large goals around your money are not going to be accepted by small minds. So go ahead, prioritize getting a second stream of income, maybe in a few other streams of income, because you owe it to yourself to have more than one stream of income. Now that wraps up the eight scary money mistakes. I'm going to go ahead and briefly list them again. Number one, not having an emergency savings account. Number two, not having health insurance. Number three, allowing debt to remain and accumulate. Number four, living without a credit score. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. Number five, saving for retirement or not saving for retirement. Number six, neglecting to invest. Number seven, spending to impress. And number eight, having only one not two or three, but having only one stream of income. So those of you who are already investing to living your best life and protecting your bank account, some of these steps may be a review for you, and some of these may be new. Either way, I hope you had great value and were entertained by this podcast. Also, I have not forgotten my announcement for this week, um, saving, saving the best for last, but next week I'm going to be interviewing a guest who actually called me and told me that she would like to talk about this. So she approached me with this and I'm so excited. I just could not be more grateful because she's going to be talking about one of the largest expenses for most of us. And that largest expense for me anyway, is housing. So Rachel Mays, she is a real estate agent here in the Nashville area. She's got a ton of valuable information. She's done a lot of research and she's going to share with us 
I know I'm excited to interview her. I'm excited to hear her tips and I hope you are too. And until then, take care and have a wonderful and safe Halloween. Hey again, it's Ella from Budget Babe Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a review letting me know what you think. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Ella Konomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. I would love to connect with you and hear what you think. Thanks again.